this is gonna be so much fun. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, the, the enthusiasm is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you thank you so much Mason for joining the Life and Ball podcast I know you're excited about talking sports thank you this for having be, me yeah, absolutely <laughs> interesting this will be fun you know number one your son's beautiful that's the first thing we have to talk about thank you so much yeah, he, thank you yours is too I know <laughs> <laughs> oh he's he looks just like me anyway um let's uh you let's wish. Go ahead. <laughs> let's talk about some some interesting topics because this is you've been wanting to talk about this I know we talk about it a little bit um, just your story let's talk about Maysoon Mona let's talk about you really is this what we're gonna do that's a I'll hard listen I'll listen I won't talk as much well I'll talk you know I can't shut up yeah I know this but we'll we'll talk and I'll listen more than I'll talk this time Okay, so is it going to be structured? Will I have questions or you're just giving me a no, platform? This is basically what's going to happen here for people that this will probably be the most listens I ever get on any of my shows because you're on it. Oh. But this will be good practice for you. Good practice because you're going to dominate the podcasting world. But no, let's talk about, so it's pretty cool and interesting. We've had a lot of discussions about this, about how you grew up and, and being born in Iraq and also some of the challenges you had, but really it's just amazing because um, for you to be able to come into the country and learn really on your own, but I, I want you to talk about that, talk about like the beginning coming here and how you had to learn certain things with you know, things in America and school and just be, talk about the early stages. Hmm, let's see. Okay, so my family migrated to the US uh, right after the Gulf War in 1991 and uh, we left to Jordan sorry if you hear the coffee machine in the background. Yeah. <laughs> okay and we're done uh, so <laughs> we, we yeah we went to Jordan we stayed there about nine months um, while our paperwork and everything was um, being finished here in the US we had a lot of family come before us back in the 70s um, on my mom's side and one of my uncles uh, sponsored us so they helped out with the paperwork and everything for us to come over legally and we just knew it was it was time uh, you know our family was finally ready um, of course you know it's, it's a really hard decision um, you know my siblings all grew up there um, we had a big, beautiful house there. My dad um, had just retired after, you know, working 30 years for a company. I mean, our life was set there, but we just knew, you know, shit would hit the fan at some point, especially after that war that my brother was a soldier in because he was 18 years old. Um, so it was a really tough decision, but, um, you know, my, my parents decided it, it was time to move to a completely new country, which is scary. And, you know, you can imagine all the emotions, um, especially, you know, my dad not getting his retirement, just starting over. It's terrifying. But it was, you know, something we just felt like we had to do. Um, my mom is one of 12 kids and we were the last family, us and one of my other uncles to leave. And we left around the same time. 
so we came over to the States. We actually lived in Michigan for about a year. I did kindergarten out here, uh, out in Sterling Heights. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> and then, um, but my family was not used to the snow or the cold. And my mom was ready to go back overseas. And they were like, no, you know, there's a, a sunny state. And a lot of our family lived in San Diego. So we decided to move out there. And we we lived there the entire time till um for me personally till about 2015 like summer um but yeah i mean life was for me it was different than my siblings because they were we were in different age groups so i started my education here i was so little it was very easy for me to adapt but i had one sibling that was in high school and then my other siblings that were, you know, college age. So imagine for them moving to a brand new country, having to really, you know, struggle with maybe language barriers, cultural barriers, um, especially after a war like that, coming from that part of the world. I think that's the most different aspect of the whole thing. Cause you know, this nation um, is a melting pot and there's so many different backgrounds, so many different, um, you know religions and ethnicities and that's what makes it beautiful but it's really challenging being Iraqi or Chaldean living here because of the history with the wars and um, you know people don't really see that so um, so you know you can imagine things like 9-11 or you know something like that where a lot of innocent people will, will get attacked just because they look a certain way so you know like my my brothers got um you know they they had some instances where um racial profiling obviously was huge and but you know you just deal with it like any other race in this country with their own issues um yeah i i really love my upbringing to be honest so my background is chaldean so we're considered the original people of Iraq, although, you know, Iraq is a really beautiful country, um, has Muslims, Christians, um, Jews even has, uh, you know, we're all Catholic. I was baptized there. A lot of history, a lot of culture. Um, you know, Iraq has one of the seven wonders of the world over there. So, um, a lot of history. But um, unfortunately, a lot of it has been destroyed with the wars. And um, so coming out this way, I'd never seen so many cultures before. You know, so in San Diego, I was like one of the only Middle Eastern people in school. And, you know, we had like Mexican people, black, white. We had Asians. I mean, I was friends with everyone. It was so awesome. Um, and a lot of people just thought I was Hispanic because we lived like right next to Mexico. So everybody would speak Spanish to me growing up. But um, yeah, uh, at home, it was all either Arabic or Chaldean. And my parents didn't speak English very well at all. So I really had to uh, work even harder in school. And um, I was pretty shy in the beginning because I was so scared and I didn't know how people would 
you know, react to me or, you know, say certain things or I felt like, you know, I may get bullied or, but, you know, um, eventually I just, I started making friends and started to build my confidence and things like that. But it was more of a challenge for me um, that motivated me to, you know, excel more in school. And I would get like the highest grades and in the class and, and everyone was like, huh, like she barely knows English. Like how does she know all these things? But right. because, because um, you know, I didn't have any help at home. It just, I felt like I needed to work that much harder. And um, I really buckled down and I would, I found it fun. I found it as a challenge. Like, let me challenge myself to see, you know, um, like math and English and science like I really just wanted to know everything to keep up with everyone because I thought everybody you know in class just was so smart and knew everything you know but I realized that they they don't they were lazy <laughs> like oh not they, Americans no. no not Americans no but it was so different coming from the mindset from a different culture a different country um different type of um work ethic I just I felt like I needed to keep up with you know I was just making up a scenario in my head as a child even you know but um it helped me it definitely helped me um like growing up and just with friends and this is so weird I'm so used to you talking and not shutting I was just about to cut you off I'm like I I don't even know what to say anymore because like I, I was just about to say this could, you know, really make us get along better. You know, just, just we could just talk on the podcast and I'll just shut oh up and listen. God. No, yeah. no. Like, I like a give and take type of conversation because sometimes, yeah, I, I, there's so much information in my head. I don't even know what to talk about. So, oh, we got a lot to talk about. I mean, well, this will be fun. No, no I, I we talked about this before and I think this is good for people to understand this for me growing up. You know, I, you know, you 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 hear Wait, the I thought word. This was about me. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it is. You know, no, honestly, I think I just timed this, Mason. I think you talked for uh, eight minutes. I shut up for. Uh, this is beautiful. I mean, I'm really learning about myself. I can shut up and listen sometimes. I'm so impressed. But, yeah. Yeah, but no, like I I told you this before, and people need to hear this. The first thing I thought of when I heard the word Iraq was the war, and oh, Iraqis are bad. I'm very uh, transparent about that because that's what we were taught. But mm. when you know, getting to know you and understanding your story, I mean, we all we were pretty much similar. I mean, we didn't grow up much different. Mm-hmm. But I want to ask you, so when you came, obviously, you, you come to the States, you come to cold Michigan, but there's such a huge population of Chaldeans, the highest uh, population of Chaldeans are in Metro Detroit. Yeah, um, the highest in the U.S. Yeah, in the U.S. And when when you were in California, did you ever feel like, okay, I am different, though, like I'm still different. I'm not like the kids I go to school with. Yeah, I still feel that to this day. Like that feeling never goes away. And, um, you know, I don't talk about it that much, but it's it's hard sometimes because you feel conflicted. Like, that's why, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a lot. Like, I, I really have this urge to like go overseas or travel to a foreign country or it's just, you know, you can't fight your DNA you can't fight I feel like my ancestors are calling me to like go somewhere you know and um that's a feeling you can't really explain it's just a feeling deep in your soul and um yeah it's it's got its challenges but it's got its beauty also I've learned to embrace it over the years um you know when I when I share 
my story and I don't even see it really as sharing my story people uh, over the years would ask me like oh where are you from what's your background and I would share just a little bit and they thought it was just the most amazing thing they've ever heard but I lived with it so that was my reality and I never I never saw it as anything spectacular um, because I've known different families I know other people that have just much more interesting stories than even my own family. Like things that they went through, challenges they went through, that's like, it it just breaks your heart. So for me, I just, I don't know. I, I, it's like, I felt different, but at the same time, I felt like I was just like anybody else. Does that make sense? So when I was, you know, at school, when I was like, with all the other kids I felt like you know I'm just as American as anybody else and I still feel that way but also at the same time when I'm like thrown in like a you know in my community or I start speaking Arabic or Chaldean and I just feel like so much of that culture so I was so conflicted growing up I'm like which culture am I because you know I still had to abide by my parents rules and the strictness of being Middle Eastern female Catholic you know, like all these things. And then, you know, still trying to live a normal life and have things in common with my, um, you know, non-Chaldean friends. So you you have so much in common with people though. And like, I want to ask you this too. A lot of people don't know what Chaldean is, which is shocking to me. People out here do, because when you live in Metro Detroit, you know, the prominence of Chaldean business ownership and and Chaldeans just do so well here and, and it's such a great culture but a lot of people don't know what it means so explain it because people are like oh you're from Iraq they, they have this picture painted and I did I mean mm. I didn't know what Chaldean was and I'm from Michigan for gosh yeah. sake so explain that to people so they understand what really what Chaldean means I don't even know what Chaldean means <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome kidding. no I know that's the problem no we are um, we are a minority um, in our own country so Iraq, before, was it World War One or World War Two that actually created the, the borders there um, for the countries like Iraq, Iran, um, Jordan, Syria, Turkey, there used to be no borders. It was just a huge region and you can imagine um, each region had its people, minorities, like in Iraq, uh, in northern Iraq, you have like the Kurdish people. Um, you have the Assyrian and the Chaldeans that have their own language. Assyrian and Chaldeans are very similar. Um, uh, Assyrians, I believe they're more orthodox with the religion. Um, Chaldeans were all Roman Catholic and there's different villages. We have our own uh, spoken language and is derived from Aramaic, which is the ancient language that Jesus spoke. And um, so that was, you know, we, our ancestors are, you know, we are originally from just that region of the world, which is Iraq. Um, you know, they call it the land between two rivers, the Tigris and the Euphrates. When you look back, it's even in the Bible, if, if you're into that, you know, or of the Chaldeans. So these are our ancestors. We are from um, that part of the world. That's like our originating land and I I feel like it was a blessing to have been born there you know it's it's something I can share with you know my 
my child, my um, friends, my everyone. That's why I'm saying I embrace it because, you know, people would ask me where I was from and I'd share it and I felt like I was teaching them something. And even though it's something I've lived with my whole life, you know, when you, when you know something or if you've lived something with your whole life, for some reason, correct me if I'm wrong, you think that everybody kind of has this information or everybody knows it. So when you share something with someone, they're like, oh, wow, really? You're like, huh, you didn't know this? How do you not know this? Because you've lived with it your whole life. So you assume like everybody knows. Um, But it was really cool. And I realized, wow, like people don't know like who my people are, where I'm from. And so as I, um, you know, kept meeting new people and kept going to different places. I remember an instance in San Diego, I went to, um, I was like in the shopping center about 30 minutes away from where I lived. And this lady was like, oh, but you know, what's your culture? What's your background? And I shared and she was like, I've never heard of that before. And so it was only 30 minutes from where I lived, but you can imagine mm-hmm. because like our community was all in like East County, San Diego. So if you drove away from that, nobody knows what Chaldeans are. So well, it's just like me growing up. I mean, I, I, lo- I grew up, what, an hour from the airport, let's say. And yeah. there's a lot of Chaldeans in Dearborn. There's a lot of Chaldeans all over Metro Detroit now. And they've kind of migrated different areas and really just have flourished. And it's amazing. But like, you know, I, I didn't know. And when we met, I'm like, oh, wow, what's Chaldean? I'm, I was much like most of the population in America. You just don't understand it. It's just powerful. But I think the challenges that most Chaldean people deal with, and I know that we've talked about it a little bit, there is such a certain way you have to live. And I know you had talked about it because you're so talented in music. I want to talk about music, even though it's the life and ball. We'll get into your basketball stardom eventually. <laughs> but let's talk about your music because, you know, there's not a lot of artists that can really show themselves a certain way because there is a, a, a way of living typically for the Chaldean culture. And there is some, I wouldn't say setbacks, but at the same time, you know, people are guarded. People are guarded. Yeah, for Talk sure. about those challenges. Talk about those challenges. Well, there's pros and cons in being from any background, really, like, and similarities and differences. So, for instance, um, you know, although we're from the Middle East, because of the Catholic religion, let's say, we tend to um, we tend to have more similarities, let's say, with like Italians or Greeks or like the Hispanic culture, like very, very much so, even more than the Arab culture. Now, to mention that, um, there's a lot of Chaldeans that will not consider themselves Arab, and um, and it is because of the whole you know religious aspect and probably because you know some of their families did have to deal with um you know the prejudice between the the cultures so but there's a different kind of prejudice um and even though you know the christians and the muslims we we all live together and you know dealt with the same issues in that country but um you know a lot were friends my dad had a lot of muslim friends my family you know we got along with everybody in the neighborhood there was a lot of wonderful people but you did have the the ignorant people there um so you know christians were prejudiced against muslims muslims were prejudiced against uh the christians and there's even the muslims or the shia and the sunni they were like prejudiced against each other so it was um 
it was different. Um, yeah, but I just think it's amazing. Like when you talk about that, that again, that people don't understand it. But I also think there's so many talented Chaldean people. Oh yeah. And this is what I want to get into next because I think they're there's almost this guarding where we can't show our talent as much as we'd like to. And I think like, let's, this is an example. When you guys, if you hear Maysoon sing people, this woman can sing out of her mind. I mean, she's an amazing <laughs> singer. She can sing American yeah. songs better than Americans can. So, but, but you probably can't act like, just, let's just imagine there's a Chaldean uh, hip hop artist who acts like Cardi B. Oh my God. I mean, you are going okay, straight to hell. I think I mean, it's okay. It goes back to the culture. So the men definitely have more freedom than the women. Um, the women do get um, <laughs> like criticized a lot more than men. So if a woman wants like a Chaldean woman, um, an Iraqi woman, just any kind of Middle Eastern woman, and this is we're talking about the Middle Eastern culture as a whole, Chaldean included, uh, wants to like take like you know um, risque pictures and put it out there, want to do anything like questionable, yeah, no, it's going to look so down upon. That's a no-no. And because it's such a tight-knit community, and it's tight-knit for multiple reasons, um, a lot of people are related, and that's because of the whole uh, village situation. So if you are a Chaldean person, you meet a Chaldean person, they're going to be like, oh, what's your family's name? Who, so where do you come from? Which village are you from? Oh, so your dad is my mom's first cousin's nephews. Da, 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 da. And it's like How do you get married, right? <laughs> How do you exactly. marry someone in your village? <laughs> oh yeah, and marry my cousin. Uh, uh, yeah. I know. No, like my parents are both from the same village, but they're not related. I don't know how to explain it to you. Ooh, like good to know. Yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> yes, our son is going to be just fine. Um, no, oh my a God. lot of people do marry their first cousins and that's okay there. Why? Because they feel like, you know, at least we know who our daughter's marrying, you know, like, yep. yeah, so it's more of that whole situation. It's, it's just so interesting because I, I'm just so moved by the culture, obviously. I love it. Clearly, I love the food. Yeah. I mean, we could, we could do an hour long session just you just talking about, about the food, food there. I know. Yeah. No, it's a very no, generous culture it's a very welcoming culture like you know if if you meet a chaldean group of people or a family and um you know you're good to them they're good to you like you are part of their family period like they're very welcoming they're very loving um they'll have your back like as a whole community which is really one of the biggest pros in the community Oh, yeah, you get on their bad amazing. side, you get on their bad side, and you don't want to go. There. Yeah, it's like this 50 50. I'm like, oh, I'm nervous, but man, they got my back. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just challenging because, like I said, I think that the, the talent is so, I mean, just the culture, just the dancing, and the, there's really just so many future potential stars in entertainment as far as music because I think the music is so good. But I, but I think what's so cool about you is you're able to do some things musically where you could really, no one would know you're Chaldean, but I think you should push that. Like, I am Chaldean, but I can sing this way. I can right. promote this way of life. You know, just because I'm Chaldean doesn't mean I have to be a certain way. And I think, I just kind of wish that would happen more. And that's why we're having this conversation. But, but you did play sports too. And the, there's a lot of talented <laughs> athletes. 
so you, you played basketball. I did so, for a short period of time for a few years, yes, in high school. Did, what did your parents think, though? Were they like, you know, uh... My parents didn't think anything of it. They just, I was kind of in my own world. They were in theirs. But because my parents were so strict and I, you know, I didn't really have that normal of a social life after school, I made sure that I did everything that I could while I was in school. <laughs> Meaning, you know, I was in choir, I was in, you know, student body government, I was the president of a club, I, you know, I did so many different electives. I made sure, you know, I stayed after school, um, you know, for either basketball practice or, you know, just creating something or having an excuse to just be as social as possible as, um, you know, just integrated as possible in my community. And I'm talking about just, you know, my San Diego community, period. Uh, senior year of high school, I, um, you know, after school, a couple of days a week, I went and volunteered at the hospital. You know, I just wanted to just be a part of everything. And because um, I loved doing so many different things and I felt like I was really good at doing so many different things. And I... I just wanted to test out, you know, what I'm going to do in my future and what I'm going to do in my life. And although all I can think about was singing and dancing and acting, being a part of theater and all that, that wasn't a realistic, um, what you call it, a job, really? It wasn't a, yeah. a, a realistic career. We didn't see that as a career, so it was just a hobby. Um, so I thought, you know, I couldn't really take it seriously. Growing up, you know, my parents didn't know about putting you in classes, in a dance class or, you know, in basketball or, you know, taking lessons or anything like that. They, they weren't aware of that. And honestly, I really wasn't either. I just knew what my parents knew, but I knew that I had this love for something or passion or want to do these things. And so... You know, I can't imagine where I would have been or what I would have been doing if I had really started young like that professionally. But, you know, it's never too late, especially nowadays with YouTube and the power of the Internet and things that you can learn and things you can um, produce yourself. It's, it's really amazing. So for those listening, don't give up on anything that you want to do ever. It's never too late. Yeah, it's never too late. And it's also, um, you know, when you when you talk about just sports, cause this is a sports show, but it is a life show mainly, um, you know, the life struggles that certain cultures deal with. So you're, you're talented like you are, you're Chaldean, where like you just said, maybe it is more of a hobby when really it probably could have been a professional situation for you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, soccer, football is huge yes. with, with the Iraqis and, and Chaldeans. So when you were growing up, or let's just say in high school, there was a lot of talented athletes that were Chaldean, and I know you had Chaldean friends that played basketball. You know, it seems like it's just not mentioned. Like, even out here, you don't hear anything about this great Chaldean soccer player or basketball player. But you had mentioned to me there was a lot of really talented athletes that were Chaldean. Yeah, definitely. But like I said, um, in our culture, and it's very similar to you know, any other like Asian culture, any sort of like European culture where, you know, your parents expect you to be something professional, which means a doctor, a lawyer, engineer, something when you grow up. So as a kid, it's like you, your mind is already set that 
you know, your goal is not to be a famous basketball player or entertainer or anything like that, because these aren't real jobs, you know? So, you know, you may be really good at something, but the pressure of the community is real. Like, you know, our, our community. Do you think that's bad, Mason? Do you think that that should change or do you think that it's okay? Like, Uh, it's good and bad. I think, you know, our parents want the best for us just period like uh, any culture but it's been ingrained in our brains just like how a lot of um you know asian people are doctors and they're so smart and they're you know their parents are so strict at a young age you know ours is different but very similar you know we have they have high expectations for us and you know so i thought i was going to be a doctor growing up and then i realized that's not what i want to do that was a big reason why i volunteered at the hospital and because I thought you know Mm -hmm. could I fit in um which department would I want to be a part of I I kind of actually I want to be like an optometrist I thought but I realized I I am very sensitive I don't like blood I'm super emotional I can't do this you know yeah well I just think your your future with music is still so bright I think a lot of people give up early and you made such a good point that it's never too late there's there's artists that flourish in their 40s. And one thing I learned from you, and I've learned from a lot of people that live in California, especially, um, you know, when we were we were brought up in Michigan, very standard, very average type people where maybe the same attitude you, we were taught, my father said, get a real job. I mean, that was his main uh, focus was you're going to work. You know, he was a truck driver, so yeah. I didn't want to be a truck driver. I'm like, I do not want to deliver fuel with you. Right. Uh, and I don't want to go to some certain parts of Detroit and bring out those hoses and do all that crap. I just didn't want to. I wanted to play sports. But I had more of an opportunity than you did because I think that typical Americans are taught, hey, go to college, get a scholarship, play basketball, play football. Um, You know, oh, singing lessons, dancing lessons. But you started your own. Like you you created, you were a hip hop dance instructor, um, which is not (laughs) the standard Chaldean thing. But talk about that. That was cool. Yeah, I definitely, no matter what I did, I always made sure to incorporate something artsy in my life because otherwise I felt like a part of my soul was dead if I wasn't doing it. You know, I've had the office jobs. I've had, um, you know, I also had my real estate license and I did have these jobs where, you know, they were serious careers or serious jobs. But I, um, at that time, I, I did go and, you know, audition for a hip hop troupe that I made it in. I also did teach um, hip hop dance at a dance studio. I, you know, whether it was like a couple days a week here, here or there, um, you know, just doing something artsy that just fulfilled, like it, it justified me having a normal job, <laughs> you know? I was like, okay, yeah. I'll do that if I, but I have to do something where I just, like really really truly makes me happy um yeah and then so for a couple of years um i was part of a group called crew where you know we would drum on trash cans and make music just out of anything and everything so i always just had to um you know incorporate something musical or artsy in my life yeah. well i think this is what moves me about you is and people need to understand this so when maysoon's in crew right a lot of people don't know what that is you know, when, you, when you're doing artistic stuff and, and you're making beats and drumming and, you know, I went to a show and it was unbelievable. Um, you're st- typically, if I'm correct here, you're the only Chaldean person out there. Yeah. 
So when people mention things like they're the first African-American this or they're the first, um, you know, let's just say even Caucasian or first Hispanic or, or whatever it is, you are the first a lot. I yeah. mean, you're the first and only a lot. And, and, the, and talk about those challenges because you are different. Oh, and wow. I, I, I think even, people need I to understand see that. see it that way. <laughs> yeah, which is, which is so cool that you have the thought process to not have to mention it. Yeah. You know, a lot of people want to always mention it, but, but it is a part of your life. So that, that challenge, did you ever think to yourself, gosh, I wish I could have like more Chaldean people do this with me? Honestly, no, it didn't really matter to me. Um, I, okay, so we would go to schools um, and do like assemblies and things like that for kids, whether it was elementary school, middle school, high school. Um, and actually, now that you mentioned it, it's true when we were like in East County, San Diego. So when we'd go to some of the elementary schools where I'd see a couple of the Chaldean kids like in the crowd afterwards, they'd come up to me and like give me hugs. And like, they were like, you're Chaldean too. And they were like eight, nine, 10 years old. And they'd get so excited. And especially they were little girls. So they'd get excited that a Chaldean girl was doing this kind of show. Like they felt like inspired. Like they can do, you know, musical things and they can do, you know, cool things. So I was like a superstar to them, which is so adorable. So yeah, I totally forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, it's just so cool. I mean, it's it's powerful. And, and honestly, look, you know, your son is, is Chaldean. So I, I hope that, you know, Jordan is the first Chaldean to maybe do something. I mean, that's always something that came to my mind. <laughs> and, and it, you know, you always hang on to your culture a little bit. You always do. And you always want you know better for your people that there's nothing wrong with that but what really is cool is that it's not at the forefront for you what's at the forefront is you creating great stuff you creating uh, amazing entertainment to be able to sing be able to dance and and that's not your main thing like hey i'm doing this for chaldean people you're doing it because you're just talented but i do think that there is more Chaldean people that need to step out of the box. I really believe that. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's positivity. It yeah, is, definitely. Um, the, when I do it, like, let's say, you know, I'm in my room and I'm dancing and I'm creating this and that. I'm, especially when I'm doing it to, like, cultural music, my thought process is I would be sharing um, this to cultures that don't know about it, like this type of dance or this type of music. And just, um, just like I look up you know music and dancing from all over the world because like i embrace other cultures too and i love it my thought process is i'm teaching people just like you know i look up these other people from different cultures um so yeah i need to get over my um it's not a lack of confidence but it's like this shyness that i don't know where it came from but i just need to get over it and put it out there because it's really what do you will and when you have, you've already done so much and, yeah. and you'll continue to move forward. But I think the next step will be even bigger. But I think that um, a lot of people that will hear this would say, you know what, we need to make a change. You know, we need to be able to not only promote Chaldeans, uh, you know, with, with business, because it is prominent. I mean, Chaldean business ownership and, and owning certain things and just really having such a powerful impact on our society in Michigan. I think it could be a, a worldly thing. But I want to, the last thing I want to talk about is we talked about the, the protest. It was so difficult to watch certain things in Iraq. Yeah. And, and I think that this could be a positive light where people could say, you know what, I can create certain things and I can be 
this person just like anyone else. It was really hard to watch the protests. Talk yeah. about it just a little so bit the, on what was going the on. The protest, what's going on is, you know, a lot of people don't know exactly, you know, where Iraq is, who the Iraqi people are, and, you know, the generalization is, um, you know, because we went to war there, that they're, you know, all bad people. Now, war is never something you want, and these people are you know just like you and I normal people that just want to live a normal happy life um really good people some of the best people you would ever meet some of the happiest people and for the last I don't know how many decades they've just been crapped on by life like by um corrupt governments by uh wars and you know, their, their families being killed, their families being blown up, their homes being blown up. I mean, it's just awful. And so ever since 2003, um, that last war, so it's been like 16, 17 years of just a corrupt government. They, they had everything taken away, uh, their basic human rights. So imagine like ever since then, that's almost 20 years of no decent, you know, food, water, jobs, um, public health services, uh, you know, hospitals, things like that, um, just limited everything to the point where anyone that was rich, um, or had the ability to leave has already left the country. So you've left the country with a majority of just youth that, um, you know, just want a fair chance that this younger generation is the majority of the population in Iraq and they are just like any kid you would see walking around here in the US and they are um, controlled by you know a government that's greedy and it's backed by Iran and you know I don't want to get too much into politics but they are and they're not giving um, the people what they want and they're just the government is stealing from the country and the kids decided to put on their own um, protest, which was, um, you know, civilian-led protest, where everyone, pretty much in Iraq, the majority were like kids from like 13 years old to like 30 years old. Um, a lot of them were just the younger kids that came out in a peaceful protest, but. The pictures are ridiculous. They look like they've been photoshopped. It looks like the entire nation is just out there. And they started this revolution. It's horrendous. Yeah, it started this Definitely revolution horrendous. where it was like, give us our rights. Give us our basic human rights. All we want is jobs. You know, they like a kid who's, um, you know, a college graduate can't even get a job. Like, you know, wiping down toilets. Like, it's just unfair. They've created nothing for them. So these kids are just outraged and they want a better nation they want normal democracy just a normal nation and um unfortunately the government turned to uh live fire and they started shooting these uh kids and there's been thousands of deaths because yeah they couldn't even peacefully protest and um they actually stayed out there for months and i think they're still out there they like um created this entire village like right in the middle of Baghdad where they're like we're not going home like everybody started bringing food out there and supporting each other and um, you know they, they'll go back home to like shower and stuff they'll come right back out there they're not giving up because they're like what do we have to lose 
you know we want a better nation so well it was just so powerful when we, when i watched it and you brought it to my attention and i think a lot of people um selfishly didn't take a hard enough look i really believe that and uh, I, i hope the administration here takes a harder look i know there was a lot of protests in uh, michigan yeah. obviously um, all over the world Iraqi, yeah Yeah, all over the world. You're absolutely right. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, what Australia, right? Australia had a yeah, big Australia, one. Australia, Switzerland, um, in the UK, like everybody that was Iraqi, that lives outside of Iraq, felt like this responsibility to speak up for these poor Iraqis that are getting killed, like innocent people, for no reason, just because they want, you know, clean water and jobs and just basic things that every human should have. You know, it's never a competition, but I, what I want people to understand is the the struggles we deal with here are so minute compared to what happens there. Because peaceful protests here don't typically take uh, go into something where the government just kills you. Yeah. And in Iraq, I hate to be dramatic, but I am dramatic. So here we go. Um, people are just getting killed. Yeah. You know, you know everyone that listens to this. About it, yeah. No one's doing anything about it, and it's sad. And I think that the the thing I want. Chaldean people and really all people should learn something from this you know stand up for your rights stand up for your beliefs and also do what you want to do you have that freedom but out there you don't and that's the scary thing I mean I have my only personal experience with Iraq was I had friends and teammates that played there and their stories were unbelievable I mean being able to go there and not knowing if they were going to make it out alive they're getting stopped at checkpoints I mean this is years ago but I can't, there's not even that opportunity now. I mean, you're just not going to play in Iraq. It yeah. used to be where a lot of my friends that were professional basketball players wanted to play in Iran and Iraq because believe it or not, they got paid pretty well. Yeah. But their their fear of life and losing their life because, hey, they got stopped at a checkpoint and who knows? Who knows what could yeah. happen? And that's really scary. Well, that's the unfortunate part. You know, you learn at the end of the day, like we're all human beings, no matter where you come from and no matter how you grew up, we want the same things in life. You know, we want to be happy. We want to work and live and travel and just be happy at the end of the day. And unfortunately it's, you know, the, the government and corruption that gets in the way. And, you know, we can just do the best that we can. And, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, Iraqis hate Americans and this and that, or like Americans hate Iraqis. And we all are going to think, you know, of how, we grew up um you know the things that we learn as we're children you know that's what's going to be stuck in our mind but it's so wrong like we didn't hate americans we knew it was just the government um so like we didn't hate american people we just hated that you know like america came and they're bombing us and they're killing us and that's all they knew you know so Yeah, was was there ever like I'm you know we got a little bit of time, not too long, but I want to say this: um, was there ever that animosity though? Because look, I will admit it, the animosity that Americans had towards the Iraqi people was media driven. Yeah. So we were driven by the the picture painted of Iraqi people because of what we watched as kids. Mm-hmm. So here's a terrible example, but kind of a funny example, but really sad. Um, I was a huge wrestling fan, so Hulk Hogan was like, oh, here we go, woo, America, and he was doing the USA chant, and he used to wrestle a guy, I forgot his name, who had the Iraqi flag, and it was like during the war. So, you know, ignorant Americans like myself, we thought, ooh, Iraqi bad, 
was there ever that animosity where you probably felt that way towards Americans? Because this is a picture painted also, but you dealt with it personally. Yeah. I mean, you really dealt with it personally. I mean, we, no, my family never thought that, but it also depends on education. You know, you had, um, like I said, you grow up knowing what you know. So if you're, you come from an educated family or have more access to information, you're going to have a different mindset than someone living in the slums or, you know, not knowing anything and all their, you know, all they know is what they were taught by ignorant people. You know, it would be like someone out there, you know, just hating Americans and hating this, like, you know, someone who has no education here, not knowing anything about Iraq or anybody in any part of the world saying, yeah, Iraqis are all bad. They're all terrorists and da da da. So it's really the same thing, you know, but the more information you have, the more education and awareness you have, um, you're going to have a different mindset. So luckily, you know, my family, we had more information and we were educated enough to know that, you know, unfortunately it's the government and it's the, you know, the power that they have and the corruption and, you know, oil. And we just knew what was really going on. We knew it wasn't the American people because the people never have anything to do with it, you know, so... Yeah, no, it's it's interesting, but you know, I, I think there's. I really hope that you and you know you have a Chaldean friend, and you guys do your your podcast, and you because you guys have such creative ideas. I really hope that's the next step for you because you know, or whatever it is creative that you do, I hope that there is this um, showing other Chaldeans as well, not just showing your talent, but showing your culture that he here's some things you can do, and I hope that you do that. Um, so again, Maysoon Mona's on here and you, she, she needs to, can, how can people follow you, <laughs> you know what? and they can see your creativity or should we save that yeah, for another we'll day? Yeah, we'll save that for another day. I'm still kind of brainstorming exactly what I want to create and how I want to put it out there, but it will definitely be for everybody in the world. Um, doesn't matter, you know, where you're from, but of course, you know, I will be sharing here and there, um, little bits about my culture and things like that, just for, you know, awareness and things like that. Well, and Mason, anytime she posts uh, beautiful Jordan on Instagram, it usually gets uh, the, the most the talented. <laughs> yeah, he is. And usually when, when it's posted, it's like uh, Gerber baby follows and then the posting of pictures or, or artist groups. So when he's working on his drumming, you know, they're post repost. And they, you know, if, if I could only get that much attention from just one post, I would be so oh sad. He's um, my biggest accomplishment. Of course. <laughs> of course he is and you know it's it's just awesome but no i i think that i guess my my goal for chaldean people is to uh think outside the box think that you could do some things that aren't just the standard of course hang on to your culture the great values because there's such great values but also you can be creative as an artist you can be an athlete you can be anyone you want to be still and i do think there's a little void there there's a little bit of that missing so uh someone like yourself can can help fill that void and um but i really appreciate you coming on i that was the best i think i've ever done as far <laughs> as listening if i could only listen this well with my you know, i would really become better <laughs> I yeah think if i could just shut up I, uh, well, thank yeah yeah but allowing you know me to share all this i kind of went off on these uh different tangents because i'm not used to talking so much <laughs> i'm definitely not no, just oh, I think I should. What should I name? I think the title will be "Baby Mama No oh Drama," and God. I just shut up and listen. There's no drama. <laughs> no drama. It's it's just uh, you know, when when you meet um, talented people. I mean, they soon you're talented. You've met so many talented people, but there is always you know where do you where did it all begin? And yeah, you know, hey, everybody it began has for a story. You. So just like 
yourself you know we all come from somewhere we're all um you know motivated motivated by a certain thing it, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day like i said you know where you come from um what your background is like we all just have our thing and um i think we really need to latch on to that and um always follow our intuition and follow our gut and just do what we really are passionate about because we're, you know we're just gonna waste our life away yeah and you won't you won't do that and, and a lot of people won't yeah right you. you know i think that there's uh so i'm really excited i hope that you continue to want to do bigger things mason's going to be a star everyone by the way <laughs> yeah. she's going to be a Wait, star i already am a star right you're, you already were and you and you're going to be even bigger a star i mean a lot of people can hear i really hope that you just go out there and just blast it out there and, and be this creative person you and i know you will you've already done it it's like you've got the experience so it's not like something new yeah that's the same thing yeah, of course well, you know the last thing you know i have to always talk i mean i listen so well i think what I mean, this, this is a good thing to end on. You are amazing and talented. What's a goal? What's the goal for Mason, Mona? I know you got so many, but what's one thing you're like, I can envision myself doing this. Is there one thing that always comes up to you in your mind? What's the goal? Um, really, there's so many things in my mind, but I think it always comes down to the same thing, which is something where I'm helping and inspiring other people. So let's just stick with that. Well, that's awesome. And you will. I know you thank will. You. So, May soon. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for joining me on the Life and Ball. You know, it's so great. This is, I'm figuring out what I'm going to call this. It's the Life and Something, you mm -hmm. know. And, uh, but, uh, you know, she did play basketball. <laughs> I did for like She was five a minutes. star. She, and I was when she shoots shots, they go in. Yeah, team captain, star. So, even though this was more of a life show, she was an athlete, by the way, too. So, but an incredible artist, incredible musician so talented amazing voice so uh the best is yet to come and uh may soon i greatly thank you and your son he does look just like you <laughs> beautiful so thank you so thank you for coming in appreciate it take care